mine now. You belong to me. Today we're going to play a new fun game. Right, let's go. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name is Nicole. Oh, it's Nicole. What's this? <laughs> is this how we're doing the podcast today? Am I do- I'm podcasting with Stephen Hawking, am I? <laughs> yep. Right. Or I could do it in Spanish. Hold on. Mi nombre es Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got three sections. Anything goes. Double bill, where we talk about our single location movies this week, isn't it? Which yes, was that's right. uh, Locke and Ex Machina. Ex Machina. How you been? You all right? Yeah, I've been all right. I've been keeping busy. I had a wish get granted over a week ago. Maple got her dream Barbie house. And I dressed up in like retro pink dress, 80s style pink. I was going to ask what you were, who you were, because <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. So I just walk because she loves pink and she loves Barbie, obviously. So I was just like, all right, just dress up really girly. It was a bloody cold day as well. The other two ladies that work at Make-A-Wish, they were like improper jumpers and leggings and stuff. And I'm just like in a pink dress, freezing my bloody legs off. Was it worth it? it though? She, yeah, massive smile on her face and she got heaps of stuff, like heaps of Barbies and like a Barbie caravan and all that type what, of stuff. Full, full size or, or like a kid's, kid's toy caravan thing? Oh, kid's toy. That's still, that's still cool. <laughs> yeah, I did sweet, uh, social swing dancing on Saturday. Virtual social swing dancing, I should say, on Saturday. Yeah. I did the stop motion for them for a promo. That oh, did you? What, what was that? Jive Me to the Moon and Sugar Push were doing this virtual social and I just messaged them saying whether they wanted me to create an animation. They're like, yeah, yeah, cool. Mm. So I just created it and I sent it to them and a lot of people enjoyed it apparently. So. That's cool. You're loving an yeah. animation at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, it was like something to keep busy. And I, I finally yeah. got Skillshare like a couple of days Did ago. You? So I've been just like crazy watching shit on that at the moment. Yeah. Consum- just consuming knowledge. Yeah. Hang on. Drive, drive me to the moon. Drive me to the moon. Jive me. Yeah. Is it jive me? Yeah, like that, the that's jive brilliant. day. <laughs> it's the best name <laughs> I've heard. Jive me to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> what impression do you try to do this week, Dan? Who's the bloke that do... sings it? You know, drive me to the moon. Who's oh, that? I don't know. I don't know. Some old singer, dude. Where have you been up to? Uh, I went for a hike with some mates on Sunday on, on the east side at Cathedral Ranges and it was like a level five hike. Compared to my mates, I'm not as fit as them. It was a lot of climbing and like climbing over rocks and stuff. Mm. But it was a good day. I was very sore for the next few days after yeah, I that. Bet. I, bet. <laughs> yeah. I bet you didn't warm up either, did you? You just went no, for it. No. I was like, yeah, I got this. Is, did you do that because you're having a conversation with someone? Did you annoy someone and then they told you to take a hike? So you thought, oh, I'll, uh, oh, yeah. I'll climb a... <laughs> no. Very funny, though. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm going to tell you that it's very funny. And so Monday was my... It's, we're recording on a Wednesday. Uh, a couple of days ago, it was my birthday. Woo! So happy birthday to me. Happy um, birthday, dude. Thank you. 25. <laughs> Again, you know, yeah. feels good. Um, Ryan Gosling sent you a message. 
Gosling sent me a message yet. <laughs> <laughs> I went out on a, just because obviously there's nothing much going on. So I sort of went out on a bike on Monday, went out to go and just sit on this like green area. So me and Albert went to the off license. So I'm waiting outside and then, um, do you ever, have you ever done that thing when you're on the bike where you just spin the pedal round? So you catch it with your, your foot. Do you know what I mean? So you spin it yeah, the opposite way. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you spin it the opposite way. And if you don't catch the pedal, it just bangs into your shin. And it's like one of the most painful things you'll ever, you'll ever feel. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I've got a couple of lumps on my shin. So anyway, so we, we're cycling, cycling, cycling around and we went down the seafront. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing up and I'm cycling one-handed. And I decided, and I'm going quite quick. And I decided I'm going to, for some reason, left brake quite hard the front wheel bent to the right and i went over the handlebars again and yeah i've i've fucked up my hand so i can't can't see it but it's very well but it's quite swollen and i can't i can't really do much of my my right hands pretty much out of action which is probably why i'm feeling a bit stressed at the moment (laughs) that was another joke um But yeah, so there's, there are many things that I'm, I'm, I'm unable to do. But, um, but luckily, you know, you've got these distractions. You've got your phone and everything. So I was sitting down yeah. yesterday with my phone. Not to be too graphic, but I, I take my phone to the bathroom. When, I, you know, when I've done the business, I sort, of stand, I sort of stand up. And my tradition is to just rest my phone on this little precarious top of the radiator. It's like maybe a tenth of the size of the phone. But if you just rest it in the right place so it's balanced, the phone will just sit there. Right. Yeah, so basically the phone fell off the radiator uh, and broke. So my screen and my phone's now broken. Oh, um, shit. There's lines all down my <laughs> lines. You can just about make out stuff if you like have the lighting, screen brightness adjusted and stuff like that. So all of the notes that I had for the show, they're on oh, there. Oh, shit, no. I can see them, but it's, it's just annoying, isn't it? Like every, your whole life's on your phone. So I've had to order a new phone. Oh, so it's not just the screen. You can't just like replace the screen and then you're sorted. I probably could replace the screen, but like it's cracked all around the back. Um, I was running out of space anyway. I was having to clear cache four times a day because there was no space in it. I probably needed a new one anyway. So it's sort of done me a favor, but I could have done without it at the moment. Yeah. Being in lockdown. Let's put that on the credit card. Let's worry about that later. <laughs> Screwed up hand, broken phone, bruised shin. Bruised ego. Aww. I've got a cheer, by the way, when I, when I came off the bike. Yeah. People loved it. <laughs> you got a cheer? A cheer, Brilliant. people clapping, yeah. And then, and then one bloke went, do you need an ambulance, mate? And I went, no. And he went, oh, I was only joking. I was like, fucking, <laughs> that's nice, isn't it? Genuinely, for a second there, I thought I might have done. You been watching anything interesting? It's always sunny in Philadelphia, which is always a good sort of show to yeah. sort of cheer you up. Nice, easy watch. 20-minute episodes. They're just a bunch of narcissists and idiots. Um, to laugh at them nice easy watching i did um i downloaded you know on amazon prime you've got like sub channels that you can you can also subscribe to and i, I got a oh, no. i got a week's free trial to um arrow video and i've got okay. like, quite a lot of old school horror films and stuff on so i watched the entire franchise of phantasm films which are five five horror films which are pretty crazy um, I'd never seen all of them, so I wanted to watch all of those. And then I forgot to cancel my free trial, so I've got it for another. <laughs> I've got it for another month. <laughs> but there's nothing else really on there. There's a couple of bits like a Maniac Cop, things like Hellraiser, but I've got those already. 
so there are there is some good stuff on there but you could probably like burn through it in a in a couple of weeks and then you probably won't need to 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 have it anymore Uh, other than that it's just really the the podcast films that i've been watching what about you yeah i haven't i didn't go too crazy since we've done the last podcast like there was a time that i was like trying to watch two or three films a day because i'm trying to like build up the 300 movies i'm under um, i'm at like 150 i think at the moment so i'm a little bit ahead something interesting that i watched was a documentary called urine aid okay (laughs) it's about it's about we obviously let me guess it's about drinking your own urine yep yep (laughs) (laughs) and the benefits of doing it yeah exactly it was a uh, really weird documentary i mean I was almost tempted to be like, oh, I wonder if this actually works. Did you try but it? How? No, no, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't tried it. But it, the documentary wasn't put together really well. It was just like a really? bunch of people telling their opinions about it. It wasn't, there was a little bit of, you know, doctors coming together. Did you see anyone drinking their own piss? Yeah. I Is saw it? someone like, someone get a needle, put the urine in it and then stab it into their leg. Why would they do that? Because, I don't know, one way to put it in their body. But it's funny because he did that. And then, like, at the end, at the end of the ep- like, at the end of the documentary, he's got this, like, wine glass that he got the urine from. And then he just drinks it. So this guy, he drinks all of his urine. Like, yeah. even if he's in the car, he's got a bottle in the back of his seat. And he'll literally, and he literally did it on camera. Like he pulled his pants down and like <laughs> and filled up the bottle and then drank it instantly. It's disgusting. I was just like, <laughs> I mean, I if, like, you, okay. if you've got to do it, you've got to do it. Like if you're out in the yeah, wilderness, yeah. then you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, you know, piss into a snake skin and, and wrap it around your neck and save it for later. Knock yourself out. But like, if you're just milling about. Maybe I should give it to you for stitch up so you can watch drink it. Drink my <laughs> Yeah. Drink your own piss for a little bit and then see what happens. Yeah, I know what's what'll happen. I'll vomit my <laughs> lungs up. What else? I mean, I've been watching a few mini series. Yeah. There's one that would be potential for stitch up for you, but actually, I would be a real asshole to give it to you if I did. <laughs> it wouldn't stop to you before, is it? <laughs> no, but this is really mean. It can't be. No, no, listen, no, it can't be as bad as cats. It's called Love Life. Yeah, it's as bad as cats. It's 30-minute episodes and Anna Kendrick's, like, love life with different, either with different guys or, like, family members throughout the episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be really cunty of me to get, to give you that. Did you just say cunty? <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't God. like the C word, but, like, if you say cunty, I think it's really funny. Oh, listen, I agree. I, I love that word. It's just... Yeah. makes me laugh. You're saying or like, that. or twat. I think that's a really funny word. It's a very British word, isn't it? You yeah. twat. I like it. It's just a word, isn't it? Right, cunty, should we move on to the, uh, are we done with this section? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on, cunty. <laughs> Fuck you, mate. <laughs> right, let's move on to the main bit. Um, the reason why we're here is to talk about our single location movies. And we came up with Ex Machina, which was from your list. Yes. And Locke, which was from my list. Right, so Locke, 2013, directed by Stephen Knight. Um, I'm going to go through the cast list now. Uh, Tom Hardy. 
Um, budget was two million, and the worldwide box office was five million. There were other people in this, uh, but audio, audio, like audio only, voice only. So there was Olivia, Olivia Coleman, and then you had Tom Holland, Spider-Man, which was one of his one of his kids. Um, but basically, yeah. So Tom Hardy plays Ivan Locke, and he is a construction foreman. And he's about to embark on the biggest concrete pour in history in Europe. And he's got hundreds of trucks lined up and road closures. And it's, it's, a, it's a big old big old ball lake, all the stuff that he's had to organize. And it would have taken years of planning and organizing. But he decides that he's got to go back and be with the person who's having his baby, his illegitimate child. He's, uh, it turns out he'd had sex with someone outside of his marriage. And he's having a kid. So he's going back to be there when that kid is being born um what do you what do you think of this one there was times that i kept on like looking at my looking at the clock seeing whether like how much longer it had kind of yeah. been i was wondering how it was going to end whether like he was going to enter the hospital and then also at the start when i heard like concrete i was like is he trying to like do some murder oh, all right. <laughs> is he trying to like murder someone but then as you go through it obviously you see that, yeah, there's this massive pour and he's not going to be there for it. So he's, yeah. he's got someone else in mind and telling them exactly what to do. And also at the same time, he's, uh, he tells his wife and she's not very impressed by it. No. No, she's got a massive arm. But I, I, I really like this film. The reason that I like it is because it's a very simple, quiet mm. film and it's just, his, it's just about his character. Um, and you you get enough development in there from phone calls. This very maybe because I worked in construction for so many years, maybe that's why I've got a slightly different view on it. But like I I I from the first minute I knew exactly who he was. That's probably a bit of an exaggeration. I had an idea of who he was, and then yeah, certain yeah. things happen, and then they change your they change your perspective slightly. Like when he was talking to his dad in a car, you know, he's trying to do the right thing. He knows that he's fucked up and he's screwed up, but he's tr at least he, he's a, he acknowledges that. And he says, all right, well, let's try and make it better. You know, even when he gets fired for the, for, for not being present in the concrete pour, he still wants to make sure that it goes smoothly. And it, so he's just, he's always trying to make up for his kind of his dad's mistakes, I guess is, is basically mm. how he's living his life. Was his his dad wasn't present in his life, right? There was a very there was a very quick line in it to say something like, "You didn't show up until I was twenty three or something like that," mm. uh, and then it was like by that point it was like, "Well, you know, who needs you?" I've I could relate to this film quite a lot for many reasons. One of them was that I, I worked in construction uh, for a while, so I know kind of how high pressure that is and how demanding it is on your personal life. You know, you got concrete going on overnight, your phone's on all night. You know, it's, it's that sort of scenario. So I get that pressure. So I guess I find it quite, it's quite a personal film to me, which is maybe one of the reasons why I really like it. And the simplicity, yeah. and I'm, a, I'm always a sucker for the simplicity and just for, a, to, to keep me gripped for an hour and a half when it's just about a bloke on the road, I think it's, you know, pretty, pretty good. Um, DOP was um, Harris Zambalukas. Zambalakis? Oh, no way. Is that, how do you his name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's but, hilarious. Yeah, I noticed it at the end. It came up. I was like, oh. It was shot over eight days. Or eight, I should say, eight nights. Oh, and really? Then, I was, uh, yeah, I was listening into an interview with the director. 
and Tom Hardy. And it's like as though they had 16 versions of this film. Really? By the end of it, yeah. Oh, blind. And the only time that they had a break was literally just to change the cards and the cameras. They shot it in a BMW X5, apparently. Yeah. And it was on a on the M6 motorway with a low flatbed trailer. So that movement is proper. There's no green screen, nothing. It was all on low loader. Yeah. There was one thing that I, I thought was quite unrealistic, though. You know when uh, he's driving along and every now and again the phone cuts out, it just cuts out, and then they're gone. It wasn't very realistic because usually you'd be leaning over and shouting into the phone, hello, can you hear me? Hello. And yeah. you'd be doing that for 10 minutes. Whereas for him, it just cut off. Tom Hardy's good at Welsh, isn't he? Yeah. I actually thought he was like, I completely, I completely forgot. Cause what is he like Canadian or American? What Hardy? He's British. Yeah. He's English. Oh, he's British. Yeah. He loves an accent, doesn't he? He's, he's, he's always, do- I don't know if I've ever heard his real voice. Actually. I do wonder. Cause obviously you've got Ivan Locke. You've got Bane. We were born in the dark. And then you've got his super English accent in Dunkirk and all of that. And Inception. Yeah, and that, that's all for me. Seven, seven out of ten, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I would, I would have said seven out of ten. Yeah. So let's move on to Ex Machina, um, 2015, directed by <laughs> Alex Garland, who directed Dread. He directed a film called Annihilation, and he wrote 28 Days Later. He wrote the novel for that, and I think he, I think he, he wrote The Beach, didn't he, as well? And now he's a director in his own right. But anyway, the cast for for Ex Machina. Donald Gleason as Caleb, Alicia Vikander as Ava, and Oscar Isaac as Nathan. Budget was 15 million US dollars and the worldwide box office was 37 million. It was a single location, so you'd expect it to be fairly low budget. There weren't huge names when this film came out, so it wouldn't have been much on cast. It was a lot of VFX work, I guess, because pretty much every scene had VFX, or every scene with Ava had VFX. So... I imagine a lot of the costs would have gone to that and, and possibly the location as well, which was, was Norway, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in Norway. So, so the movie, is, it's, it's, he's gone for a week uh, trip to Alaska, but it was shot in Norway. And then right. the studio stuff was done at Pinewood. Was it? So Donald Gleason basically, he plays Caleb and he's a coder. And he gets chosen, he wins a competition, apparently, to go and spend a week with his boss, which, oh, great. Who wants, who's, what kind of prize is that? Go on holiday with your boss. No, thanks. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want that. I don't want that prize. Keep it. Yeah, especially if your boss is a psychopath narcissist. But we'll get on to that. Yeah, so basically he gets the chance to spend a week there. He doesn't know why, well, he knows that he's won this competition, but he doesn't know what he's going there for. He has to sign these non-disclosure agreements and, and Oscar Isaac begins to explain to him what he's doing there. Basically the, the premise of the film, as we learn, once he's signed those NDAs is that Donald Gleason has basically got to carry out a Turing test because Oscar Isaac has, has seemingly created this AI and they've got to test it using the, the Turing test or a version of that Turing test. They do change it slightly because Oscar Isaac is saying, you know, she's a machine. The trick is, that we want to make you think she's got consciousness. Yeah. And it was told over seven sessions between Caleb and Ava. For a film about AI, it's a very human story, I, f- I feel, because it's, it's told over the seven sessions, but in those sessions, 
every now and again there's a power cut and then that's where the plot develops and that's where you find out what's really going on between those two and between uh, or between the three of them really some people have labeled this film as a f- feminist film i'm not a woman so i don't i don't know if i can really? comment too much on that i'm not a woman no no never had no, no, no. <laughs> i didn't i I didn't pick up on the whole feminist thing. Oh, so right, so I've I've heard that, it, that it's been labelled as a feminist film hmm. by some people, and uh, that it's got like themes of kind of sexism and stuff in it, which I I saw that personally because, well, only in context of abusive relationships because Nathan is a massive narcissist. He's yeah. literally he's literally building his own women, literally crafting women into whatever he wants. Uh, he's got them locked up. He's controlling them. So I basically, that's what my my take on it was an abusive relationship, but it didn't necessarily need to be a man and a woman. It could have been a man and a man, a woman and a woman, or it could have been a woman creating a man. Like it was just that it was more of a, like an abusive relationship dynamic more than a sort of feminist film. But I sort of get what they're saying, but, but you didn't see the, like the themes of feminism really. You didn't really sort of pick up on that. I mean, I saw, I saw like the whole abusive you know, yeah. side of it, but I didn't pick it up as like no a feminist film. No. no, when I was researching it, it was a lot of it came up as relating to the Bible. So like ex machina, I read, apparently it's like from a Latin term dux ex machina, which means God from the machine. Right. And also Ava is also a version of Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then also it was shot like the the building that uh, where it was was in a garden. So it's like yep. Adam and Eve in the garden. Garden of uh, Eve. Yeah. And then yeah, and then like the seven days, the seven sessions that they have. So like the seven days oh. of creation. And that is all my religious uh, things that I found about this movie. Hang on, I've got a delivery. One sec. Okay. Session. I was like, is, is like, is that my computer making that noise? I think it's my new phone. Oh, good. Consumerism, see? Who says <laughs> that acquiring material objects doesn't cheer you up? <laughs> right, so <laughs> sessions. So sessions. You, you were just picking up on the religious aspects of it, which is really interesting because I, yeah. I didn't pick up on any of that. I think that this... This, this film is about AI, but it's a human story, I think. The thing that stuck out to me was the abusive relationships. Uh, Kate, Nathan's, a, I've said this, keep saying this, but he was, he's a massive narcissist. He's got no regard for anyone else. He's just doing what he wants to do. And he explains it in his mind like a narcissist word, like he tries to explain it with logic and reason. And he convinces himself, and he almost convinces Caleb in some instances that what he's doing is is correct and he's got quite a nihilistic view as well because he's saying, you know, feel sorry for humans because the AIs are going to leave us in the dust and we'll be nothing. So he's kind of like, screw it, let's just do whatever we want. We find out that during the power downs and they've been, Caleb and Ava have been chatting, seemingly they've been kind of falling for each other. So Caleb has been falling for, for Ava. We later find out that Nathan has created Ava based on Caleb's porn profile, as they put it, because Caleb runs, or Nathan runs this blue book search engine, which has got access to everyone's search data, yeah. which is how he sort of developed the consciousness as well as using that big data. The behavior that Ava is displaying 
is a learned behavior. So if you're, if someone was in an abusive relationship, they might learn that behavior and like the survival, the way to survive is to manipulate and get yourself out of that situation, which is exactly what she does. And you could argue that that was the ultimate Turing test is the fact that she's been put under this, she's been locked up her whole life, however long that's been. And she gets herself out of it by using the behaviors that she's learned from her not the narcissist abuser. So she begins to manipulate to get what she wants. And that's what I really liked about this film. It was, it was AI and it's this new consciousness. It's this new thing, but it's just another life. Like humans will always, humans, one of the things that Alex Garland always says in interviews is that he's not really that afraid of AI. Like he's, he's not that concerned because what are we doing right. when you think about it? We're just creating a new life. And he said, humans do that anyway. We have babies. We're always creating new life. So it's no yeah. different. So I do like that fact that she got herself out and it, the way that she got herself out was a very human way of doing it. I, I really like it. What, what, did you, what did you think of this overall? Well, I'd, I'd never seen it before and I'm so glad that we watched it for the podcast. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. it was, um, I was also fascinated on how they shot Ava's, you know, because obviously you see Ava's uh, body. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I wonder how they shot that. So they made a bodysuit and there was no green screen, nothing. So they shot this film like a drama. And I was seeing photos of how they did it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then also how they created her body to make it look like the inside of a human structure, like the bone structure, but still mechanically wise. Yeah. It was really well done. It was really well done, wasn't it? And it was just six years ago now, and it must have taken them forever to to do that digital that digital work. And like you say, I think she was just wearing like a mesh kind of suit thing. Yeah, and, um, very tight suit. Very tight, very tight suit. And she was, for me as well, she stole the whole film. I thought they were all fantastic in their parts. Oscar Isaac, like you wanted to just reach out and strangle the bloke. From the very first scene as well, like he was so passive aggressive, I think, with one of the first things that he said to Caleb, you're just like, whoa, narcissist, <laughs> red flag. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, Oscar Isaac was was brilliant as that scumbag. Caleb was 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 good as the kind of nerdy bloke Can behind a computer die? falling in love with an avatar kind of bloke mm. um quite predictable you could say he's kind of the every man he's got a bit of a white knight complex you could say it's very interesting that he's kind of sold as the good guy but he's not really the the the, re- the, the things that he does i think it's for his own personal reasons if you know what i mean because mm-hmm. he loved he, he's fallen in love with her yeah anyway so i think i think Alicia vacana completely stole this film and she's got a background in in dance, so she used quite a lot of her her skills and her knowledge of dance to create sort of perfect movements, like efficient mm. and smooth movements, um, which is something you see in other films to a lesser extent. In Robocop, um, he, he used a mime artist. He trained with a mime artist to get his movements, and she obviously had all of her dance knowledge. But apparently, in yeah. In, in actual like development of, of robotics and stuff like that. Apparently the holy grail is to achieve that that smooth kind of movement. So you would think that maybe that's kind of quite real to what is actually going to happen. But I think she was the best thing in this film. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. Um, Even her little twitches as well. 
Yeah. Like her head twitches. They were really well done. Yeah. Really just the way she tilt, tilts her head and moves like she's trying to imitate like a human interaction. I think the idea is that she did have a consciousness. I think that it, the film she does because at the, the very one of the last scenes is she walks out of the house and she smiles on her own. There's no one else with her. She just turns around, she smiles and she leaves. So yes, she had a consciousness. One of the most interesting scenes in this film was towards the end where Caleb kind of knows what's going on. Uh, sorry, Nathan kind of knows what's going on between them. Mm. And he knows that Caleb and Ava are conspiring for her escape. And he kind of catches them out and calls them out and says, look, I know what you're up to. Uh, and Caleb says, well, this is and a twist in the film. Caleb's like, well, I've already actually done it. I've already let her go. Mm. I did all this yesterday uh, and you're screwed. She's going to get out. So she gets out. And she stabs Nathan, which was a beautiful bit of imagery, I think, in that corridor. All in white. He was in white. Uh, and he gets stabbed and you get the, the blood-stained white clothes, which was very powerful, I thought. But then also that leads on to her. She goes back to the room and starts to put yep. new like, body parts on yeah. herself while Caleb is watching from behind a screen. And he... I thought that was a really powerful image uh for me that was basically that's the singularity so that's so that's the ai humans are just watching now we can't you know we've built this ai and now it's mm -hmm. off you know now it can build itself and it's off and that's it that's pandora's box i would really love to see a follow-up to this film i would really really love to see a follow-up to this film i don't know Is how you based on a it. book or anything i don't think so I think um, I think Alex Garland basically wanted to make a film about AI, and he mm -hmm. just tried to just he just took his best shot at it basically. So he just wrote his his screenplay. I don't believe he wrote the book first, but it's probably based on lots of different pieces of research, and you know he's probably yeah. used a lot of that stuff. But yeah, I'd love to see a sequel. I don't I don't think they ever will do one because I don't. It doesn't really need one. I just would like to see what happens in that world because it's. It's not like a future, future world, is it? It's kind of, it's kind of now. I think it's great, this film. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So it's, an, it's a niner for me. I don't know what to give it. Maybe, can I give it eight and a half? Give it whatever you want. Give it a zero <laughs> if you want. No, God, no. It's much better than a zero. I'll tell Alex Garland if you do. <laughs> no, eight and, eight and a half. Eight, eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah, pretty solid. It's pretty solid. Two single location films, strong. One was in a moving car, one was in a static house. So, you know, come at it from both angles. Should we move on to our next bit where we talk about yeah. what films we're going to pick for the next episode? episode. And uh, your, it was your turn to pick a theme. Uh, women directors. Female directors. Let's be all feminist and shit. What? <laughs> I said, let's be all feminist and shit. Let's be all feminist and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Ex Machina is apparently about feminism. Yeah, apparently. Um, we must have said the word patriarchy about five times in the last episode as well. So there we go. Oh, yeah, we did. And um, yeah. And this time we're going to do female directors. So basically, we're going to pick three films each that were all directed by uh, females. Amen. Simple. Okay. Do you know what you're going for? I do. I've actually just got three. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Do you know what you're choosing? Yes. I've got a list of about 15, I think. Oh, um, okay. 
and I think I've seen most of them. There was one or two I hadn't seen, but I, I okay. think I know what I'm going to narrow it down to. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I think, I think you should go first this week because okay. I went first last week. All right. So my first uh, movie is The Farewell. The Farewell. Okay. That's quite recent. That It was that last year. That was last year. Uh, yeah. Lulu Wang uh, directed that. My second choice is Honey Boy. Okay. And the last film is A Portrait of a, of a Lady on Fire. I haven't seen any of these, so that's good. I've seen The Farewell and it's really well done. Mm. I would... I mean, I watched it on, obviously, an aeroplane little screen. I would 100% watch it over and over again. Okay, yeah. cool. What are your films? Right. You Were Never Really Here, directed by Lynn Ramsey. I've got American Psycho, directed by Mary Harron. Mm-hmm. And The Babadook, directed by Jennifer Kent. You had mm-hmm. The Farewell, Honey Boy, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I picked You Were Never Really Here, American Psycho, and The Babadook. Um, all of mine are pretty dark, <laughs> to be honest. I've just noticed, just looking at that, thinking, bloody hell, like, none of them are particularly uplifting films. I think I know what I'm going to knock out of yours. You I'm going to knock out Honey Boy. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really very familiar. I've heard really great things about The Farewell and Portrait of Lady on Fire. Mm-hmm. And I don't know much about Honey Boy. I don't know much about any of them, but I've, for those two in particular, I've heard really great things. What are you going to knock out of mine? Because I know of this film. Yeah. And I know I'll probably watch it at some point. I'm going to uh, get rid of American Psycho. American yeah. Psycho is so good. It's, uh, well, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a Marmite film. Like, I'm, I know people that hate it. Um, and I know people that love it. And I think it's great. The first one that I've got left, You Were Never Really Here, directed by Lynn Ramsey, who, who also has got connections to my old... She went to my old school as well. And uh, she's from Scotland. But it stars Joaquin Phoenix, Judith Roberts, and Ekaterina Samasonov, which I definitely pronounced correctly. <laughs> um, synopsis is, a traumatised veteran, unafraid of violence, tracks down missing girls for a living. When a job spins out of control, Joe's nightmares overtake him as a conspiracy as is uncovered, leading to what may be his death trip or his awakening. This is a super dark film, but it's so it's very good. It's I watched it quite recently. I, I hadn't seen it. I think I watched it maybe five or six months ago, and I was just totally hypnotised by it. It's I think it was. Let's have a look how long this was. I'm pretty sure this was quite a short one, if, if I remember rightly. Yeah, hour and twenty nine, which is rare these days. But it just it just bubbles along nicely. And you, you might say that this is the perfect film to watch before you watch Whacking Phoenix in Joker. My other pick is The Babadook. And this is kind of a horror film, I would say. It's directed by Jennifer Kent uh, and it stars Essie Davis, Noah Wiseman, Daniel Henschel. Um, synopsis reads, a single mother and her child fall into a deep well of paranoia when an eerie children's book titled Mr. Babadook manifests in their home. Now, this this is a horror film, but it's yeah. it's very obviously themed. Uh, it's very obviously got very human and strong themes. Even I noticed it first time watching it. I, I knew what was going on, and for me to know what's going on without sort of <laughs> reading and researching, it's obviously been portrayed very well. 
but yeah, it's it's about this kind of this mother and this son, and they're in this house, and it, it's kind of a haunted house film. But it's this this creature that lives in their house, and maybe it's difficult to talk too much about it without spoiling what it's actually about, because what it's okay. actually about is not what it appears to be. If that makes sense, it's like yeah. you can you can watch this film, watch it from start to finish, and then it finishes, and then you watch it again but you, you'll be watching it with to- a totally different lens. You'll, you'll be looking at it through a different lens. So like what I'm saying is that the ending is so, I don't know, it explains what's been going on in the whole film. So you'll watch the film again and go, oh, right, okay, well, this and this. Yeah, this, I feel like I've not explained that very well, but it's difficult to talk about it without going into spoiler territory. So yeah. I'm just going to leave it at, at that for now. And you can tell me about The Farewell. So The Farewell. Yep. It was um, directed by Lulu Wang. 2019 film. Yep. Uh, so it's a headstrong Chinese American woman returns to China when her beloved grandmother is given a terminal diagnosis. Billy struggles with her family's decision to keep grandma in the dark about her own illness. Yep. As all stages are impromptu wedding to see grandma one last time. One of Billy's cousins has met a girl and they decide to just get married quickly just because, you know, her grandma's about to pass away. Yeah. And kind of to make an excuse for everyone to come together to say goodbye to her this one last time. Yeah. And they, yeah, as, as a, as the synopsis says, they don't uh, end up telling her that she's dying. Oh, won't go any further. I think I get it. I think I get the premise. Okay. And what about, what about the portrait of a lady on fire? This, uh, I don't know anything about this apart from it's got fire in it and um, it's, uh, it's a French film. It's very good. It's fr- is it fr- actually French? Is it? Yeah. Are we talking subtitles here? It's, yes, this will be oh, subtitle right. film. Might factor I into think, my decision. Well, but then again, also uh, The Farewell will have some subtitles in it as well. So, The Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. Uh, Celine. Oh, God, I'm going to br- ruin her last name. Shama. She uh, she also directed Tomboy that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Okay. So synopsis: On an isolated island in Brittany, at the end of an 18th century, a female painter is obliged to paint a wedding portrait of a young woman. So someone's got to do a painting. Yeah. I, I think I know which direction I'm going in. <laughs> 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 What were your two movies again? Well, the ones I picked. You were never really yeah. here, and the Babadook. Okay, cool. The farewell sounds. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go for that. I'm gonna kick out Portrait of Lady on Fire, and I'm gonna keep in the farewell. I'm gonna choose. You were never really here. To watch. To watch. Good choices. So next episode, then female directed movies. We're gonna watch The Farewell, directed by Lulu Wang. You said. Yes. Yeah. And you were never really here, directed by Lynn Ramsey. That's good. Um, I've got. I've got a few other films that I just want to just reel off that I was considering putting on my list. Mm-hmm. So we had Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins, The Hurt Locker, directed by ah, Catherine, yeah. Catherine Bigelow. That's a good, that, very good I decision. Very nearly put that on. That's my favourite Catherine Bigelow film. Um, I think it's fantastic. What else has she done? Zero Dark Thirty. That's right. Um, uh, Point Break, randomly. Um, yeah, she's done Catherine Bigelow's done quite a lot we need to talk about kevin i nearly put that on 
that's Lynn Ramsey again. And mm-hmm. that's, that's even darker than you were never really here. That's, that's a hard one to watch that one. And okay. I, I couldn't face watching that. A big directed by Penny Marshall. Now this one would have been a bit of a long shot, right? But I was considering mm-hmm. putting on the matrix. Now it was directed by the Wachowski brothers in 1999, ah, yeah. but now yeah, they're yeah, sisters, yeah. but I've seen it loads. So I didn't put it on edge of 17, Kelly Fremen Craig, but we could add Selma. Ava DuVernay. Mm-hmm. And the last one that I thought of was MacGruber. Um, and that's... MacGruber? MacGruber what is... What is that? <laughs> fucking ridiculous, like, Saturday Night Live character. Um, okay. It's, it's quite funny, but it's fucking ridiculous. There's a bit in it when... I might be spoiling this for you, but there's a bit in it where someone runs around with a stick of celery in their bottom. And uh, As one you the, do. And I think... I think <laughs> I think uh, Will Forte is in it and his advice to the other dude is uh, you would think it would be better to put the small end in, but you can't because the weight of the big end falls out. So you have to insert the big end of the celery. <laughs> so it, does, it doesn't. <laughs> and then there's this whole conversation about it. But wow. I thought, you know, I thought well, our podcast, you know, is quite mature, isn't it? We quite, we talk about the big subjects. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, you know, make it immature by talking about celery inserted into someone's rectum. <laughs> so anyway what did you have any others that you were going to pick you just had the three didn't you i guess ladybird could have been an option but i know mm. it would have been something that you would have not chosen and i saw it recently as well i didn't love ladybird um, we're done on female directors we'll watch those films next week and uh, we'll come back and report to as to the quality of those films and uh i guess look we're getting towards the end now and that means that we've got to do stitch up I lost last time, so I had to watch. I had to watch Cats. Yeah. I, I had to watch. Uh, I had to watch Cats, and it's. You always tw- watched it on your birthday. You gave yourself a little. You gave yourself a little treat. I know, because look, we had. We've been doing these weekly, and we decided to have a little break last week, just because. I, I wanted to have a break. <laughs> we needed, it's nice to have a break sometimes. Yeah. And, um, but I still left watching Cats to the last possible minute and I watched it last night. I didn't watch it on my birthday. I couldn't, I couldn't do it to myself. And I'm so glad I didn't. Let's, look, I want to start by saying uh, in this section of Stitch Up, it's not my intention to just rag on a film. I don't want to just pick a film and go, this film shit, this film shit, this film shit. I want to yeah. find some good stuff in it. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. like Albert used to pick things like Casablanca for me, or, or you know, and it's great, you know, I really liked it. And then there's other times where I pick Human Centipede, where you've got nothing good to say about it at all. And this is very much in the Human Centipede camp, I'm afraid <laughs> to say. Uh, it's not, listen, Human Centipede was horrible to look at, hor- some horrible images. And this obviously is, it's not quite that bad, but still human cats is very is a very strange thing so 2019 directed by tom hooper it's an adaptation of the andrew lloyd webber play cats musical which (laughs) itself was based on um t.s Eliot's old possum's book of practical cats yeah usually i would try and explain a plot but this time there is no plot so there's nothing really for me to explain i did not know what was going on in this fucking film literally isn't it it about like Cats. Some like is there some competition that has to be like some like best dancer or something like uh, that? I can't. 
or like uh, you would you would, I'd, i would love it if there was just something in it you know like in beverly hills chihuahua you're saying that they've got to win this competition or yeah 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 the bank robbers and stuff no there's no there's nothing right i'm going to read the synopsis here a tribe of cats called the jellicles must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heavy side layer and come back to a new jellicle life so it's about reincarnation then basically okay. um but I didn't get that. So the problem, the problem for me with this film, I am not a musical guy at all. It's just singing. It's constant singing. It's just song, song, song. There's no actual spoken word dialogue. It's character introduction. Let's have a song. Let's do some inappropriate sexy cat dancing in a kid's film. Mm. It's like they all wanted to go, just bugger off and have a giant cat orgy. It's weird. <laughs> like if I, if I had a kid and I showed this to my kid, I would be like livid. Might as well just put a porno on. It's it's bordering on that. Listen, I'm getting annoyed. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say too much about this film. I'm just gonna just run down the notes that I've made, and then okay. we'll just go from there. Um, right, I've written down cool cats, political cats, cynical cats, post office cats, communist cats, radical left cats. There's loads of cats. They're all cats. They love being cats, and there's loads of different types of cats. Uh, apparently, there's no one like McCavity. He's a monster of depravity. This is a kid's film. This, I would say that this film is like, uh, it's like eyed wise shut on acid. So it's just about, just, they just don't want to bugger off and have sex all the time. I just, anyway, yeah, it's uncomfortably sexualized. I, I think is the point I'm trying to make. Um, oh, did not right. think that would be the case for this movie. No. Me neither. <laughs> so, right. My next, no my next little note, right? 11 minutes, third song. I'm already losing the will to live. I'm looking around the floor <laughs> to see if there is a pineapple that I can insert into my rectum, for that would be far more desirable than suffering this for another hour and 40 minutes. Oh, uh, no. Okay. So <laughs> I'm, now, I'm now 27 minutes in. It's been song after song after song, and I still don't know what's going on. My next note is Rebel Wilson can teleport, question mark. I don't know what was going on there. She just disappeared. And I, I didn't, obviously, I, maybe they do explain it. Maybe they don't, I don't know. But she, she just disappeared. And then it happens again later, but I don't know why. Okay. Um, and my next note is I can't think of anything good about this film. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of big names in this film. It did. I mean, you got you Judy Dench, you got Ian McKellen, which obviously classic, brilliant actors, all-time actors. Um, but then you've also got James Corden and Jason Derulo is in it as well. He plays a little dancing cat. I mean, they're all dancing cats. They're all singing and dancing cats. Idris Elba's in this. He plays this McCavity dude, and McCavity yeah. is the baddie. He's like you. He's like no good cats. You can't do these good things. I will stop you because I'm baddie uh, for no reason. Dancey, dancey, cat song, song, toilet, rubbish. Uh, Justice Leagues. I'd... One? Uh, half? Half a point? For what? <laughs> Zero out of ten. There was, there was, there was, there was, there was no story. It's, a, it's essentially a remake. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess because they got Judy Dench, half a point. 
Wow. Half a Justice League. That's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible. It honestly, like you, I can't begin to describe just how painful this is. I, I literally, like I said, eleven minutes in, it was on the third song, and I thought by that point, I thought I must be a good half hour in by now. It's eleven minutes, <laughs> and it was just like I say, it was just song after song. It was like character introductions, song, plot development, song, or mm-hmm. not plot development. Or I, this character's pissed off. Let's sing a song about it. This character's happy. Let's sing a song about it. This character wants to go on a skateboard. Let's sing a song about it. This character's dead. Let's sing a song about it. This character's just it just went on and on and on. A bit like this review is. So I'm going to cut it short. Zero point five Justice Leagues out of ten. Done. Right. That's enough about cats. Let's move on to the next bit. We've got to find out who lost the poll. You didn't do a poll. No. It was between me to watch Glitter and you to watch Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3. So we're going to have to toss a coin. Oh, you got one? You just pulled that out of your ass, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Was you sitting on... You was waiting for No, I I was like, I go, well, last time we had to toss a coin, you did it. So I guess I should do it this week. So you've got to toss the coin. Um, If you're tossing, I'm choosing. Yeah. Tails never fail. Tails never fail. Tails never fail. If... Tail, if you get tails, then I have to watch Chihuahuas. Yep. And if I get heads, you have to watch Glitter. Yep. God. Come on. Tails, 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 tails. Tails, 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 tails. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? I can't see it. I can't see it. It's a head. It's a head. So I'm watching Glitter, am I? Fuck's sake. Here we go. <laughs> Yes, oh thank God. God stop giving me fucking singing films. <laughs> it's cause you it's cause you know that I hate them. No. Well, I know I, what I'm gonna choose this week, but I'm gonna cause it's your birthday, I'm gonna let you go first. Because I have a feeling you on. might <laughs> I, I have a feeling you're gonna choose this film for me. Okay. I think you might be right. <laughs> Next poll then. I'm choosing for you. Oh, you, know no. you know what's coming. I know what it is. I know what it is. Artemis Fowl. <laughs> was that, is that what you were going to... Yeah. I was like, I could, I could be mean and go first, but I know. <laughs> All right, well, I we both had the same idea. idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, that's... What I actually, I was like, I was like mm, maybe it's not that bad. And I watched the trailer today. I was like, yeah. It's got some pretty brutal reviews, isn't it? Like, it's only, it only <laughs> came out a couple of days ago, but it's like, it's yeah. being dragged through the mud. mud yeah. I, I, it cannot be as bad as Cats. It can't be. We could just both pick Artemis Fowl. Could we? we? Could yeah, why not? And then we'll just All do right. either me watch yeah. it or you watch it. If you've got another film that you want to choose for me, then you can choose it. But if you want to just, if you if you want to just do Artemis Fowl versus Artemis Fowl, I'm fine with that. Yeah, let's do that. This is right. going to be interesting. Could be a bit fairer, couldn't it? So one of us is definitely <laughs> watching our Artemis Fowl. <laughs> so next oh. week's episode, we're going to be watching two female-directed films. We're going to be watching The Farewell, You Are Never Really Here. And I'll be watching Glitter for Stitch Up. And then that's it. 
Who's doing the poll? Me or you? Uh, I, I mean, I was meant to put this one on, so I'll, I'll do this one. If that's all right with you, I'll chuck this on. Yeah. You can still vote. I won't tell my mates. And that's about it, really, isn't it? So we're another episode in, another episode done. We've got another one to do next time. Is there anything that you want to say about your blogs or your... You can check out my stop motion stuff on Nika Creative. Yeah. What's that, Instagram? That's on Instagram. Yeah. How can we find you, Dan? Well, you can find me if you go onto the internet. Um, yeah, if you go on Instagram, I'm flick.face. On Twitter, I'm flick underscore face. Uh, if you want to email the show, you can email us at twinpixpod at gmail.com. Got some ideas for themes. Someone messaged me yesterday or the day before. Might have been on my birthday, actually. Someone messaged me who's an Australian listener. Hey. Uh, I've got an account called film film.foods I think it is on Instagram and they basically post Yeah, they follow me too. Oh really? Yeah, they oh. do. Well, they've been they've been listening and they cuz they they've got quite a good account where they post about food that's in film. Yeah. And, uh, they're quite interesting scenes in that. So, but they messaged me and they said that they'd listened to the last couple of episodes which were well sing, single location and what was the other one? We did single location and movies in a day, yeah. That's right. And then I told I told them that we were going to be doing female female directors next. So, um, so we've got a listener. That's good. And it's one of your lot. I wonder if I I'm, yeah I don't I don't think I know them. Well, Australia's a big place, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, where are you? Maybe. You're you're Melbourne, aren't you? Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Really, I, I've got nothing else to say about about films or anything else really so yeah so i'm gonna go off and eat some quinoa 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 yeah quinoa i'll see you later see you all right then bye guys see ya see you next week bye 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 that was weird wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> have to check the shuttering one inch slump test very important you have to run to the road and get the gang. Get them to fix the shuttering. Give them 500 pounds each.